Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, positively different radio in the morning. You are with Lyle and... Mini. Mini, how are you this morning? I am so good. I'm tired to- though today. I went to bed too late. But yes. your energy this every is- day is always like, you. <laughs> this is one of those things that when you do breakfast radio, you yeah. don't get to do. Yeah. Your yeah. social life... Is over. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, a good thing. It's a good it's thing. Bed by nine o'clock each evening, mm-hmm. else you're going to be wrecked the next day. Mm-hmm. But it's good that I have to go somewhere because then this morning I was like, oh, I could just say, no, you have to wake up. You have to go somewhere. <laughs> That's right. You do. <laughs> so, um, so good this morning. So good. Mm. Yeah, that, that's actually a drink. It but is a drink. You're, you're correct. Are, are you a drink this morning or are you just good? I'm just good, but like. Good. What are you? Like, what are you thankful <laughs> for this morning, apart from a you know wild partying night last night? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, you know, actually, I was thinking about this on the way here. I'm so thankful for modern conveniences. Like as much as at times I think I should have lived in a different era. Like it's just nice having a washing machine. And then this morning I just I needed to wake up, so I was like, mm, hot and cold shower. That's gonna be great. And I don't have to like get out to change water. I'm like hot, cold, hot, cold. And then I'm awake and I'm here. You didn't even have to boil water and you know, light the fire and get the yeah, water hot. fantastic. To be able to have your <laughs> weekly bath. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, praise the Lord for this. On oh, no, a serious like. It does my head in how the medical professionals back in the 1800s oh. strongly recommended people to have a bath at least once a week. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it is nice to be living in the modern era. And uh, what was it that kept you up late last night? Oh, what was I doing? There was something that felt like it was really important. And, now I can't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this doesn't sound good, Minnie. <laughs> it wasn't not. bad. It just yeah, it was probably not as productive as I hoped it was. <laughs> not as necessary as may so, have uh, may you may have thought it should be. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. What's happening in uh, positively different news? Well, let me tell you. Um, I am waiting for you to tell me. <laughs> no, so I did, there's this one story, and I kind of resonated with this because I just went on a road trip up north to North Queensland, as I was telling you about, and it's pretty much just for presents. Sometimes you can't change the circumstance, but you just go to just be with people and just... I thought um, you just went to be with the sun. Well, you know, <laughs> the there sun, was some I, appeal we, there. <laughs> I do know that the sun and you are good friends. Oh, we are good friends. Good, good friends. But, yeah, so basically there was a man who drove 1,400 miles, which I think is like 2,000 kilometres. No, they're about. Is that correct? I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah so, you know, from here to Townsville, Cairnsborough, that was, I think, like un- less than that. And we a took bit. a solid week to do it, you know, like we were just like... Oh, well, you took a long time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we did stop and stuff. So it was great. Last time I drove to Townsville, I did it in two days. Ooh. No, no. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 just straight, straight. <laughs> oh, one day, one day. So Liam's got the record. He's done it. Yeah, that was a long day. No, that's massive. That was... It took um, me 16 hours. One shot, 16 hours, straight through. Hey, well done you. Thank you. I mean, I'm not that committed, but well done you. But yeah, so there was this man. I think he was speeding. (laughs) Mm. Only the Lord knows. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, there is this thing called Google Maps. And Mm. on Google Maps, you can calculate the distance by the shortest route. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you can also calculate the speed that would be necessary. The average speed necessary (laughs) to get there. Anyway. Yeah, but so this man basically drove... 
let's say 2,000 kilometers because I don't know, 14,000 miles um, to go play trombone outside his brother's window who was in a rest home recovering. And oh. so he got him and a bunch of other trombone players and they just played hymns, they played jazz, they played just a whole bunch of songs and he was just, essentially he, what did he say? He said, basically, I'm just here to be here for him and he was talking about the way um, there's something about when we kind of all play together, like musically, it kind of connects us in a really non-verbal way. And I was just like, totally concur. Like there's something about music that's just this beautiful element. I love that he just shows up. Like he comes with this band. He's like, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll just know that I love him. I'm like, yes, he will. That's a, that's a solid drive, you know. Um, so I just thought that was really lovely. And I. So how many songs did he play? I didn't find that was out. Was it like a whole concert or was yeah, it Yeah, they were out there for a while. Yeah, because like, you'd want to after driving oh, yeah. that kind of distance. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, no, no. One no. song and you're out. <laughs> <laughs> Stay. One hit wonder. <laughs> Play for a day, you know. Yeah. <laughs> make, and, it, make it worthwhile. And it was cool because there were some other people. Obviously, you know, his brother isn't the only person at this place. So everyone else got like that nice concert as well. I mean, as yeah, long as you like awesome. the trombone. But it was good music. It wasn't just like, I want to play, but it's actually really terrible. Like they could all play, which is lovely. Um, but yeah, so I just thought that was a really cool story. And I think sometimes, as I was saying, I just went on a road trip and it was literally about, I can't change the circumstance for some people, but you just sometimes show up if you can. Sometimes you can't and that's just life. But I was just like, oh, well done you. What a good brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Fantastic. What else you got there? Um, so this is something, it actually was, it started happening a few years ago, but it only gained recognition I guess internationally recently, um, there was two sisters in Chile. So a few years ago, there were some severe bushfires near where they lived and they just decided that they needed to do something about it and they have these border collie dogs. And so from their own pocket, they have just been buying all of these seeds for yeah, pretty much about three years and giving their dogs these little backpacks with holes in it and they've just got all these seeds that they're, as the dogs run through where the um, – it's not rainforest. But, yeah, where all these things used to be um, – the dogs just let the seeds go and they're just hoping that um, <laughs> so, <laughs> distraction for a moment. <laughs> they're just hoping that um, this will help replant the area. And they're saying it used to be really lush and fertile. And, um, and I just think it's really cool when it's just local people going, we see a need, how can we fill it? Um, they're willing to invest financially, but they have said, you know, we need some help if we're going to do this. Um, but, they, yeah, essentially every day they plant up to like 10 kilos worth of seeds, which is a pretty solid amount. That's amazing. Well, not plants, you know, like they are just dropping on the floor, like as the dogs run. Ground. Yeah. Same, same. It's the <laughs> it's earth's floor. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then it's fun for the dogs because they just get to run free, you know, have a big adventure. I think that's way nicer than just running around a backyard. Oh, so my dog, I took him up the bush the other day and he rarely gets to go up the bush mm. because he's, he's a bit of a brat and... <laughs> Um, if you put him in the back of the ute, he will bark oh. until he dies. Oh no! Yes, he will bark himself to death because <laughs> he just he will just have so much fun. Yeah. So you got to be careful. That, yeah, it's got to space it out a little bit. Out a little bit. But I took him up the up the up the bush to a uh, property where he could run free, and he just mm. went. It was just all bush, and he just went all dog all day. Yeah. Just, just, just he was just oozing with dog DNA. <laughs> And completely yeah. forgot everything about being a human and had so, had so much fun. It was just amazing. Oh, that's so good. I love when you see animals happy. You're like, yeah, you're enjoying this. I oh, can yeah. tell. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's for sure. Um, and then another story I have is there was a single mum. <clears throat> she was down to her last $7, but she won $100. 
And she could have taken it for herself, but her 12-year-old daughter said, hey, I actually really think we should donate this to... There was a um, a police officer who had been injured and they the daughter and the mum decided that they were going to donate it anonymously to his family. Um, so a few years prior, like in 2012, she'd had an eldest daughter um, had died and the police had just really looked after them and their family. And so they just wanted to give back. So she calls up the people and she's like, hey, you know, this is what I want to do. This is why I want to do it. Um, you know, just a bit of back and forth sharing the conversation. And the police were quite shocked because it's not often people call up, you know, really positively affirming them. And so they ended up being like, no, 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 we've got to track this girl down. So they track her down and ended up starting a GoFundMe page and raising over $145,000 for Ooh. her. Yeah, so solid. And and But she was... Even though you could say it's only $100, I think that's where a generous heart comes in, right? Absolutely. Because if you have heaps to give and you give like 100 bucks, you're like, oh, you know, I'll just make that in a few hours or a day or whatever. Um, and yeah, I was just like, well done you, girl. Because, yeah, no, that's really solid. That's, that's, yeah. that's very, very significant. And that's money. hard when you have like 12 or $7, yeah, $7 left and you're just like, no, 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 this is more important. Yeah. Someone else is bigger than me. Yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. That is uh, fantastic. We like to see these positive things taking place in our world right around us. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Joining us on the phone this morning is David Haupt to talk about emotional health. David, welcome to the show once again. Good morning, guys, and good morning to your listeners. Now, David, this morning we are facing a renewed COVID crisis, particularly coming out of uh, Victoria. We've, We've just been speaking about that a few moments ago. I guess my big question is when these crises come round, you know, and we have a second hit now, we thought we were out of the woods, now we're back into it again, possibly facing the same thing in New South Wales. How do we actually know for ourselves when we are in a in, in, in a bad place emotionally is it one of those things that you know we just automatically know hey i'm in a bad place emotionally i need to go get some help well i think it's a very important question that you're asking the um, emotional health tends to creep up on us and um, in the, the the counseling room i so often would like to sit down not just with a patient but also with a spouse or someone very close to them because I might ask um, a, a patient a question regarding, so are you more moody lately? And they say to me, no, but their spouse pushes their chair back a little bit and they nod their head in, in agreement. In other words, we so often do not see it ourselves. It is those around us that see it much quicker than us. And there's a, there's a number of um, signs that we can look out for. Um, we have just started to relax you as things started to get better and suddenly we're getting all the news reports of COVID returning and that quite, it can be quite uh, be devastating to us. But interesting, the signs that we uh, need to look out for is feelings of sadness or being more down. Uh, men would often exp- uh, experience the more the emptiness while females express the sadness. Um, a second sign is confused thinking or reduced ability to concentrate. Um, so you'll notice that the majority of these signs are predominantly very similar to that of depression. Uh, excessive fear or worry or extreme feelings of guilt 
extreme mood changes of high and lows in my life, withdraw from friends and activities. In other words, I start to lose the enjoyment of things that I used to enjoy, significant tiredness or loss of energy or problems uh, trying to fall asleep or falling asleep and then wakening up with immediate thinking about negative stuff in my life. Uh, detached from reality. In other words, uh, some people go into the severe, much more severe form of delusions, paranoia and hallucinations, or the inability to cope with uh, daily problems or stress um, are all signs that... Um, I am really in a bad space. The other thing is, uh, which we've already spoken about in this program, and that is that we so often try to self-medicate. In other words, drinking uh, alcohol and using drugs uh, more often. I'd like to suggest to your listeners that none of those really can um, bring solutions to the problem. They actually would do far better without those. So, as, as well as a major change in eat, eating ability, as well as, in the worst-case scenarios, suicidal thinking. Can a person those reach... Also, yeah, sorry. Those, those are all signs that really are saying that we're in a very difficult spot and that they need help. Can a person sorry, descend... Can a person descend into depression and so forth um, through an incremental process and end up at a dangerous point without knowing they've actually descended at all? It often creeps on us uh, very slowly and therefore what seems to us as being normal is actually abnormal. And um, that is a danger point. That's why it is so vital that we have a community around us, family around us, uh, colleagues around us that can help us identify when we're going through. And I'd like to say to you, if you are one of those colleagues, one of those family members, don't be afraid to say to a loved one or someone that you care about that you are noticing signs of, of distress happening in their life. And support them. One of the greatest blessings that you can be is, is to be that support for that individual, to care enough to confront. So if you've got a friend, for instance, who is sort of a bit withdrawn, a bit less sociable than usual, and you go to that friend and say, hey, is everything okay? And they're like, well, actually, you know what? I'm feeling a bit down at the moment. What's our next step then? Well, ask them. Ask them, I, I, have you been feeling so down lately for the past two weeks? We normally measure these uh, emotional distress moments over a two-week period. And if they are predominantly down over a two-week period, that is a very clear telltale sign that there is a shift in their mood health and that they need assistance. And even offer them to go and seek help together. Uh, I want to say to our listeners uh, that to... Ask for help is not a sign of weakness. It is rather a sign of strength that I have the intuitiveness to be able to recognize that I'm not doing well. We are living in a time of uh, abnormal circumstances. This is not normal. And, and therefore, we will be affected by the events that are taking place around us. So when people start to descend into you know, towards depression and so forth, uh, anxiety, 
at what point do they typically realize for themselves that something is wrong and they need to do something about it rather than somebody else seeing it from the outside let's say that you know let's say that i'm slipping into depression nobody else picks it up at what point would i typically realize that there's something wrong and that i need to do something about it well, this is the difficulty because there's such a major stigma to mental health issues that we so often lie to ourselves. We do not want to recognize and acknowledge that I've got a problem. Uh, we often reach that point that you're referring to only once a major thing has happened. Once there's such a major fight in, in the family and a spouse wants to walk out because of our irritability and our inability to deal with problems, or we lose our work uh, because we, we just don't have the energy to, um, to get up anymore. Uh, it is predominantly when we have people around us that care enough to confront us, to come alongside us and say, hey, I've noticed that you are descending into the deep dark pit. Is my assessment correct? Because I'm here, I want to support you. And that can be one of our greatest blessings. What are the best things that a support person can do when they see somebody who is, you know, spiraling out of control, so to speak? I guess the, the best thing is not to judge, but rather to support. And if they themselves have had down times in their life, to be, to, to be willing to acknowledge that to the individual and say to them, hey, I'm observing these signs. I have been there as well. When I was in such a bad spot, I actually reached out to others. And I would like to help you in this regard as well. Would you mind if I support you through this? I would like to to, to hear what, how you feel. I'm there for you. Mm, mm. With the with the you know the resurging COVID crisis, and it looks like one of these viruses that may just you know be going in waves around the world, one wave after the next after the next. Who knows what the future holds? Does each successive wave make it harder for people to manage emotionally, you know, each time it comes around? I just finished a uh, webinar program, 11 week webinar program with Asia. 17 countries were logging in. And um, it was reported to me yesterday by some of the organizers that. India, for instance, had just recorded over 800 new infections. Now, America is worse still. What happens when, like in Australia, we, we've had a major wave and then it seemed as though we were winning and suddenly the wave comes again. It actually, people had um, emotionally withstood the, the 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 onslaught initially and the moment that they relax there's another wave coming it actually breaks their ability to stay resilient uh, if they are not intentional in staying resilient and doing things to stay resilient they, it, it is so much easier in, in the next wave to, to cave in emotionally and, and to dump into a state of depression and anxiety what are some of the techniques that people can use 
who are in full lockdown. So, for instance, uh, my wife has just returned from the United States. She's in full lockdown in, the, in her hotel. She can't even go into the hallway. What are the, some of the techniques that uh, somebody like in that particular situation uh, can utilize to keep their, their, their mental health um, really healthy? One of the first things is to, to disconnect from, uh, from the TV to disconnect from the media that keeps on sharing information about all the, you know, the worldwide, how the, the number tallies are going up. The more we focus on the negative, the greater the chance that we actually will become negative ourselves. Uh, secondly, to maintain a healthy exercise program, to eat well, make sure that your emotional hygiene is, is kept up. In other words, make sure that you eat well, Eat healthy food. Uh, don't uh, feast on sugary stuff that actually will break down your immune system. Look for positive things that are happening. And, and I would like to suggest have a gratitude journal that you daily focus on positive things and actually write it down on a piece of paper. The, the exercise of writing things down utilizes a different part of your brain and as your normal uh, neural pathways is to think negative, but you now are intentional in writing down positive things in your life, you actually forge a new neural pathway. And in 66 days, you have completed a formation of a new neural pathway, a new thinking pattern to think more positive. Um, one of the greatest things is um, to look for the optimistic things in your life. It is so easy to fall into pessimism and be consumed by the negative stuff. There's enough negative in our life, but I'd like to suggest to your listeners, there is more positive things happening in our life than what we even can imagine. Focus on that and keep your spiritual life up because there's always a God out there that still has a thousand ways to resolve our most difficult experiences. I think that really is the the most important key to success right there is to maintain our connection with God. And, you know, if we are in lockdown and forced confinement, then uh, we have a great opportunity to really spend some serious time with God. Yeah. I really appreciate what you said about writing things down and creating new pathways within the brain. We were talking earlier about pessimism versus optimism and how that, you know, if you are a pessimistic person, it's so important to rewire your brain to, you know, to be able to really focus on the positive. And um, I, this is possibly something I think we need to spend some more time on maybe next week or the week after uh, to actually talk about, okay, if I'm, a, if I'm a glass half full kind of person, how do I change to being a glass, sorry, a glass half empty, how do I change to being a glass half full person or maybe even a glass, mm-hmm. a glass fully full? But, uh, yeah. yeah. David, thank you so much for joining us today. We do appreciate everything you've been able to share with us, particularly as uh, large parts of our country go into continued lockdown. Um, those who are in lockdown, we wish you all the best at this particular time. And uh, we, our, our thoughts and prayers are with you that you will maintain good emotional health during this period. David, thank you so much for joining us again today. Blessing to you all. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And now we're going to have... Question of the day. 
This is a question that's come through from a listener, and it says, I've got a question for question of the day. What Old Testament verse is Matthew quoting in Matthew 2, verse 23? So, Minnie, why don't you flick over there real quick, find us Matthew chapter 2 and verse 23. And read that one for us. Yes. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said. He will be called a Nazarene. Okay, so which uh, prophet said that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the good ones. <laughs> okay, okay. So um, here's one of the good ones. I have no idea. Liam's looking at me and scratching his head. Minnie's looking at me and scratching his head. Uh, the answer is none of them. Oh, oh stitch up. <laughs> That's, this is why you were looking at me with a blank look on your face. Because, no, I shouldn't say none of them. None of them that are in our Bible. Oh, okay. Okay. So there are a number of books that the Bible speaks about that we do not have recorded, which indicates that there are a number of books, there's quite possibly a large number of books that were written by prophets Mm. that were possibly well known, but for whatever reason, God did not see to preserve it in the Bible. And so the way the Bible is constructed and the way that prophets work is this. You have two different kinds of prophets. You have canonical prophets and you have non-canonical prophets. Uh, The word canon does not mean a big gun. It simply means the rule. So the rule of scripture. And a canonical prophet is a prophet whose works constitute a part of scripture. So when God inspired a canonical prophet, uh, while while we're talking about this, go to Second uh, Chronicles, the last uh, the end of Second Chronicles there. Now go to the end of First Chronicles, I think it is. What chapter? Twenty nine, twenty nine. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. Twenty nine, twenty nine. Yeah. Okay. Twenty nine, twenty nine. Read that one for us. All the events of King David's reign from beginning to end are written in the record of Samuel the seer, the record of Nathan the prophet, and the record of Gad the seer. Okay. So what I want you to do now is turn to the book of Gad. <laughs> Or the back, or the book of okay, we have Samuel. Yes, that comes in two parts. We have the books of Samuel, but we don't have the books of Gad. Neither do we have the books of Nathan. Mm. So these are prophets who wrote books. We understand that you know most prophets would write books, but when God inspires a prophet, some prophets wrote for all time. Mm. Therefore, their books are in the Bible, which is the book for all time. Mm. Some prophets wrote specifically for their own time. Therefore, their books never constitute part of the Bible. Now, here you have a small prophecy that came from one of these prophets that said that the Messiah would be called a Nazarene. Possibly not even knowing what that meant back in the day, possibly predating the town of Nazareth. We don't know. But it was written in one of these books that is not still a part of Scripture. Yeah, gotcha. It was obviously well known in Matthew's day, and therefore he quotes it. Um, He is writing very much to a Jewish audience who are people who would know this kind of information. There are, you know, you've got Jude who quotes from the book of Enoch. Mm. We have the book of Enoch today, but not the one that Jude quotes from. The one that we have today is a later forgery. Oh, didn't and know we that. know that because we can actually compare it with the Old Testament. It's like, yeah, okay, this is <laughs> this doesn't add up. This one doesn't. You know, you do not have uh, the Bible as a complete whole if you add the Book of Enoch in because it is contradictory. 
to the other books of the Bible. And so, yeah, there's quite a number of these books. We could talk about the book of Jasher and so forth uh, that talk about all kinds of events that took place in their time, specific to their time. One of them contained a prophecy about Jesus being called a Nazarene, and that's what is referred to right here.